Turtle calm, turtle calm Replace my rage with your calm Take me back where I belong Back when my life had hope Alex and Tim lend their voice To old Splinter and the boys Tell us tales of turtle toys And Pat Fraley's quips and quotes Cover me with toxic goes I've got nothing left to lose Give me Bebop, keep the booze Cause he's my favorite swine Turtle cum, turtle cum Two kilos of turtle cum If you teach me what I want Then April could be mine Yay! <laughs> Greetings, Turtle Down <laughs> listeners. Uh, I am one of your hosts, the famous Tim, and... I am Daleks, the all-seeing moose of the Blackwater Swamp. And this is not a normal episode. No. This is, this is Turtle Com Supplemental, I guess. Supplemental. Uncut. Uh, what happened was... Uh, Tim didn't go to Comic-Con. In fact. Was, was very, very sad. So he sat at home while, <laughs> while uh, Talia Ellis and Alex Miller made their way down to Comic-Con. and uh, on, the, on the exhibit floor during a signing. Um, during a signing, they uh, decided to, to get Tim a little keepsake, a little remembrance, a little autograph picture from the co-creator of the Ninja Turtles series, Kevin Eastman. It's a delightful print. I also own a copy. <laughs> Except mine has a heart on it. It's beautiful. I, I, I look at it and I just... <laughs> that, that was Tim squeeing, if, uh, if you want to call it something. A joy squee. A joy squee. But uh, during that time, uh, Dalek, what did you do? Uh, so I was just generally being a dumbass, because uh, the line was in the middle of an aisle, and it's a crowded exhibit hall. And so I'm, you know, with people, I was kind of... Uh, you know, making yuck yucks with uh, Kevin Eastman's wife's sister, and I get up to the table and I'm like, "Here's our card. We do a podcast. Can I make a photo? I look like a dumbass in the photo, which I love." And Courtney, Kevin's wife, was like, "Oh, cool. Reach out and uh, here's my card, and we'll get an interview together or something." And I didn't think anything of it. Uh, I, in fact, thought it would never happen. <laughs> so, flash forward to like I don't know a Wednesday. And she's like, hey, you have time on Thursday, September, slap and slap. Um, go ahead and dial in. Confirm when you're available. And, yes, when Daleks told me that, I was like, <gasps> shut up. Yeah, it happened live on the air last uh, episode. Well, Check actually, it. no, you told me before that. That's why I wasn't oh, really yeah, that's right. shocked. <laughs> I was just like, I, I, was, I was like giddy, I was smiley. But, it, like, when you told me before, like, I was like, no <laughs> oh yes, Jim. All of your wildest dreams will come true. <laughs> to tell little Tim back when he was five years old that this show he loved so much he'd one day get to actually converse with the creator of it. I think, well, one, he wouldn't have cared because he's five years old. He just wanted to play Nintendo. Yeah, that's uh, true. But I probably, probably would have kicked you in the mind. shins. Yeah. <laughs> but Five-year-old uh, Tim would have kicked that time-traveling person in the shins. Unless it was the doctor. Unless it was... Well, did you know the doctor when you were five? Oh. Okay. <laughs> I knew Dr. Delgado, who was my... my <laughs> family physician? Family physician. Okay. <laughs> Sweet old This guy. one goes out to Dr. Delgado. <laughs> Forever rest in peace. Oh. Well, he, he was old when he was my doctor, so he passed away, like, I don't know, ten years ago. He just... Uh, he mixed with the infinite, we'll say. As all doctors do. Yes. 
<laughs> he got in his TARDIS, which is what we're going to, from here, henceforth, going to call coffins, his TARDISes. No. And he just flew away to a different time and space. But how about an interview? How about an interview? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what follows is a recording we made on Daleks' phone. Yes. Uh, with a very handy app. Super handy. But when you're listening to it, we apologize that our voices are not nearly as loud as Kevin's. We... <laughs> You know, learning progress. Why is our first interview with the creator of the series? And we just haven't figured it out yet. So in the future, we will record our voices with our technology externally. But And I might put it up on YouTube with, like, subtitles and stuff as well. Just yeah. for, I don't know, whatever. Just but if you want to listen to it in your car and you're like, ugh. If you want to listen to it in your car on your way to work while you're chugging coffee, uh, we will provide that opportunity to you. Yeah. So uh, it's still very audible to hear us, but like normally, like actually in the in the office, we were probably laughing and, and making responses to whatever Kevin was saying. But well, you could hear it. Yeah, it was on speakerphone, so my dumbass assumed that it was picking up everything, and I just didn't realize that I should probably get closer to that microphone than further away, like over here. You know, whatever. Learn, <laughs> live and learn. But At least uh, it was a wonderful experience. And Kevin, you can hear him clear as day. And he's a great man, a great man. Okay, thank you. All hail Kevin! <laughs> uh, we hope that this uh, interview is as informative for you as it was for us. Uh, well, thank you for taking some minutes of your day for uh, for this. Oh, my pleasure. No, it's like uh, you know, I always enjoy doing. You know, it's it's. It's fun to do the press, and it's fun to you know reach out and, and have some fun with the you know the, the fans and, and and all that. I mean, especially this year, it's been a you know 30th anniversary year, so it's been literally almost like a year long celebration of all things turtles, and certainly um, you know the fans have helped us um, celebrate it in grand fashion. Yeah, it's yeah, it does feel like a whole year of festivities, especially like since around Comic Con for us. And just, like a constant reminder, so well, cool. Yeah, uh, we do have some questions. Uh, if you don't mind, oh no, no, not at all. You, it, that's that's why I'm here to to chat with you and answer questions. And you know, you fire away, no no restrictions. Just let me know what's on your mind, and we'll we'll rap about it. Cool. cool. Uh, Tim, do you want to lead off? All right. Uh, I think one of our, our that comes up in our conversations a lot, and we see it a lot in the cartoons and in the comics and in the incredible disappearing turtle tail. So we're just wondering, what do you think? Do, do, <laughs> should they have tails or should they not have tails? Well, you know, it's so funny because it's like it really was one of those things that started very early on. I mean, turtles have tails. And we did, you know, turtles with tails in the, um, in the, the original series. And, right. uh, but it was one of those things that even in the original series, it's like everybody that looked at it go like, why do you keep showing their penises? And it's like, <laughs> it's like, well, it's not a penis, it's a tail. Um, and it just, but it just seemed no matter how we drew it and how we tried, how much we tried to make it look like a tail, um, everybody thought it was phallic and something, you know, that it sh- <laughs> just shouldn't be there. Um, so as, you know, in different versions of them, um, you know, depending, you know, we always kind of kept the tails and that kind of stuff in the, uh, in the, in the black and white comics and that kind of stuff. But some of the other more family friendly versions, we, we eliminated them just because, you know, we just didn't want to <laughs> have, have some, you know, 
six-year-old child going, you know, you know, mommy, daddy, why is that turtle's penis showing? You know, whatever. Um, so, but yeah, it's like a, it's it's a, it was a conscious decision in, in, in many of the different persons. And I think, in in some cases, um, a wise one, so that I wouldn't have to talk about turtle penises with like guys like you. Right, yeah. naturally. <laughs> I will say though, I think I had a toy that morphed uh, from a like box turtle looking situation into a bipedal ninja turtle, and I think they had the tails in that like box turtle scenario yeah. before it morphed into it. And that was, I think, the only time I remember having a tail. Yeah. Yep, yeah, <laughs> but it's it is it's a, it's, a, it's a great question though. It's so true because it is always one of those things that we we did we wrestled it with it from the very early issues, uh, you know, issue you know, issue one and two and three and that kind of stuff that people would be like, what? <laughs> I am curious. What's the best burger in San Diego right now? What's the best burger? Yeah. Oh God, that's tough because it's like you know I'm still a. a you know, when I when I was living in L.A., there was always the uh, the war between Fat Burger versus uh, In and Out Burger, and I kind of leaned towards the the, the Fat Burger version. Um, but I always I always liked In and Out. In and Out's uh, In and Out's got a great burger, and I think that uh, you know this Five Guys has really exploded with um, you know a really wonderful wonderful burger. So I I think when we go out, we either go to Five Guys or we go to In and Out, and and that seems to be you know where we gravitate to. Or you know when we can. Um, as often as we can, my wife made this, uh, she makes these really awesome, uh, cheeseburgers with, um, she puts the cheese inside the meat and then sort of wraps the burger, you know, wraps the, the meat around it and then you cook it like that. So it's not only got cheese inside, but cheese on top. And I think our homemade burgers are probably our favorites. That sounds pretty dope. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's awesome. Trust me. It's really good. <laughs> Um, what else, oh, what else, Tim? Uh, oh, uh, and thank you. I, I will be trying to recreate that now. By the way, did have Dallas and you to know that we're going to San Diego next month. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, back on turtles, we we also kick around this, this question of because we've seen so many different iterations, universes, what have you. Uh, what in your mind is the appropriate age of the turtles and Splinter? Well, you know, it's it's tough. I I, I think it's like um, you know, because I'm sure that the you know the guys working on Spider Man or you know the X Men or you know uh, even the Avengers and you know characters you know, Iron Man you know the, the Iron you know Tony Stark was um, as old as he is now when I was reading it you know 30 years ago 40 years ago um, so you have to sort of you know keep that that kind of vibe going but I I feel like the best version is uh, you know say Turtles movie one, which, you know, had them as basically, you know, teenagers like 14, 15 years old and Splinter, you know, um, a little bit more of a question mark because, um, you know, being a rat, you, we never established how old he was when he got mutated. But, you know, it's a, an appropriate father figure that would at least be, you know, twice the age or, or better of the Turtles. Um, um, so when we looked at, say, you know, whether it be the new Nickelodeon version um, or the new the, the the new movie movie version, um, uh, it was sort of hitting the reset button and button and saying, okay, they're 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 teenagers. They've just come out of the sewer for the first time. They're just you know having their first adventure. So let's put them at a race around age fifteen, and you know Splinter would be probably late thirties. Mm. Late thirties, yeah, that sounds that sounds appropriate to me because I really like what they've been doing with the, the Nick Turtles this, this iteration, making them uh, significantly older, but. You know, 
not uh, not old man sixty five years old. Right. <laughs> yeah, because you you did you always want to have that you know because um, we all love that you know Mr. Miyagi thing or yeah know, the older the older sensei the very wise old uh, sage sort of thing and and. And so one of the things I did love the most about the new Nickelodeon series with the, the, is that they made him so much larger than the turtles, which I thought was, uh, which is just such a, you know, at first it was like, well, you know, he's, you know, um, he needs to have a more powerful presence. Um, yeah. And I, I thought it was a great idea. I thought it worked really well. Yeah, it took away the diminutive kind of nature that we had known about him, and it introduced, yeah, that kind of more authority and, and fatherly figure kind of, Stature. It's cool. Yeah, yeah totally. Because, you know, I'd always imagined him, you know, the way that Pete and I had drawn him and, and we'd done other versions of him that we kind of imagined him a bit more of like a Yoda-like character, you know, a bit smaller, you know, a bit more um, um, older even, I guess, if you will. But also it's, you know, it's it's one of those things that you, you look at, say, like Yoda and you'd think like you would immediately underestimate his power. Which is sort of a powerful statement, you know what I mean? That he's, you know, really he's he's not a Jedi Master, you know, for no reason. So it was always sort of we like we like that kind of feel. But yeah, the Nickelodeon version is is super awesome. Yeah, uh, Kevin, I was wondering, um, pop culture having played such a major part in basically the genesis of the Ninja Turtles, and, and as you were just speaking about Yoda. Yoda and all, and so many Star Wars references. Uh, have there been uh, any other pop cultural icons that have played into your more recent work in like the last years? Well, you know everything really. You know, because I'm a I'm a, a complete pop culture junkie. You know everything from you know anime, which I I, I adore um, and, and love manga. Uh, you know a lot of the you know being the publisher of Heavy Metal, um, I mm-hmm. I get to see a lot of European art and artists that. You know, even the stuff that, like, you know, for every single heavy metal story I publish, you know, I get probably, you know, 45 or 50 submissions that are, you know, it, it makes it hard to choose because they're equally well drawn and thought out and so also in, inspiring. Um, but, yeah, I feed off, you know, all of that. I mean, my favorite, you know, past reference to pop culture is after Pete and I came up with uh, Casey Jones, um, I think a year or so later, um, uh uh, Big Trouble in Little China came out, oh, and yeah. uh, and I just flipped out. I thought, you know, I'm a big fan of John Carpenter anyway. But I ever since I saw that movie, I always wrote Casey Jones as, you know, what would Jack Burton do? Because um, I thought that was the perfect, <laughs> the perfect Casey Jones character. But yeah, it's 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 interesting because you know, um, you know, martial arts and films from you know Matrix, of course, to up till you know Raid Redemption and so many other. Fantastic independent films, um, you know, Cowboy, you know, Cowboy Bebop, the movie probably had one of the best martial arts fight scenes I've ever seen in an animated film, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, I, I just consume and I love it because I'm a fan. And then, you know, if it's inspiring and I figure out something I can use in, in any of our stories, then, then it's a plus without trying to rip anybody off. But at the same time, it's, it's very inspiring. So totally. Yeah. It's, uh, Earthbound has always been an inspiration for me. It's a game from the Super Nintendo era of uh, of gaming, and but yeah, it's like you take what what speaks to you and you latch onto it. Um, I do want to bounce back into the Nicktoons series for just a second. I love I love this show. <laughs> I'm just wondering with Ice Cream Kitty, are we do we have anything else to look forward to besides the lovable little frosty purrs from you? 
<laughs> well, you know, it's 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 funny, and and thanks. I, I had so much fun doing that. And it was it was one of those things that my my good buddy um, Cyril Neely, who's you know one of the main producers, and then um, Rich uh, uh, Richard Magianis is kind of the main you know vice president, senior vice president of animation. We've been to be really good friends over the years, and they kept saying like. Hey, we want you to do a voice. We want you to do a voice in the in the show. And I said, yes, yes, I, I I'm so excited. I'd love to. And, uh, um, and so as we, we were sort of kicking around the ideas, and I said, you know what'd be funny um, is that you know what if I did um, um, a voice kind of like what George Clooney did when he did um, South Park, like the dog. And they were like, no, 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 that's stupid. And I said, no, no, that's kind of funny. And, uh, um, you know, and then like a year, not this, not this Comic Con, but the one before, when, uh, they were showing off some of the new stuff that they were developing for characters. Uh, one of the characters they showed up was Ice Cream Kitty. Um, and it was kind of, not kind of, but it was directly based on, you know, the cat named Clunk that was, um, you know, Michelangelo found in the, uh, Michelangelo Christmas special, you know, one of the original series okay. that Pete and I did. And, uh, so they said, we're going to do this thing called Ice Cream Kitty. Like, they find this cat that accidentally licks some ice cream with some mutagen on it and becomes Ice Cream Kitty. And they said, that's it. That's the voice I want to do. And they didn't And they didn't believe me. They were, no, 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 we'll find something better. I said, no, no, that's it. That's what I want to do. And, and so I literally, I, I kept badgering them for like, you know, a couple months, three months, four months. And, said, and they kept saying, no, 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 no. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, seriously, this is what I want to do. I said, I just want to be able to wear a t-shirt into a comic convention sometime that says, I am, I am Ice Cream Kitty. And, and my wife timed in and she goes, well, I'm going to wear a shirt that says, I'm with Ice Cream Kitty. And uh, we both laughed. So, no, I I appreciated doing that. I, you know, I just saw the guys at the most recent Turtle premiere and I said, so when's the next episode when Ice Cream Kitty's coming back? And I said, oh, we're working on it. We're working on yes. it. <laughs> That's yeah, that awesome. so much fun. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great choice. Oh, um, so I guess as far as iconic characters go, there, I was also wondering: is there any iconic character you created uh, that you feel has been kind of consistently overlooked in uh, the other forms of media, whether it's movies, games, uh, or, or being revisited outside of the, the original creations from the comic book world? As far as you know, in all characters in general, or specifically turtle related, or um, turtle related or otherwise. Well, yeah. <clears throat> you know, my favorite, I guess, is you know, turtle related. I'd say uh, I'd love to see more triceratons, and I'd love to see. Oh my gosh! I'm so glad you said that. I love those characters. <laughs> Me too. You know, it was Pete's idea. Um, he was a huge, you know, lover of you know all things, you know, um, Jurassic and, and triceratops was always his favorite uh, favorite dinosaur. So uh, um, it was a natural, awesome looking villain when we did him in the in the you know, issue five and six. And and so and I, I know that that's, he's made, you know, regular appearances in the IDW series and uh, I think there's plans for them to bring him to the next series. But, um, you know, Yusagi, you know, then Yusagi Ojimbo, um, which I'd oh, love to see, um, you know, come back. We were so thrilled to have worked with Stan Sakai in the, uh, you know, the early Mirage issues even before, you know, um, you know, it had all the success that it had um, Stan's character, but then we got to include him in the, as a, one of the toy characters in some of the animated episodes. I'd love to see him come back as a series regular. But outside of the Turtles, I mean, yeah, I love <laughs> You'll laugh. One of my favorite characters in the whole world is Flaming Carrot. Oh, my um, God. 
So Bob, Bur- Bob Burton's Flaming Carrot is just the most whacked out, funkiest character. That's like it's like you know Monty Python meets you know Ricky Gervais. I, I don't know. He's just he's just such a meets David Lynch. I don't know what. How do you how do you even describe it? But it's just like such a bizarre, funny, quirky you know character that I'd love to see you know that have a have a real life in, in the real world as far as, uh, you know, because I think that, you know, and a lot of people didn't really care for the Mystery Men movie, um, oh, but I, th- I thought it was fantastic. I loved it. It is one, of the, it is one of the best superhero films to date. It's uh, genius. And the cast alone, it should have cost them, it should have never been made. Everybody is in that movie. Oh. Every no, it was exactly, exactly. It was one of those things that, like, how did you know? And I remember I, I've, I've been friends with Bob for many, many years, and and I think it opened up against, you know, movies like The Sixth Sense and other, every other movie that opened that weekend. I think went over, you know, back in those days, you know, went a hundred million, two hundred million dollars, and I think that the Mystery Man kind of got lost in the shuffle, and people just didn't get it. I think that if it if something like that was released now, you know, with the you know with the more you know the the wider awareness of superhero characters in general to the mass populace, not just comic book fans. I think that Mystery Man would do much better. But I I truly I truly dug that movie. It was great. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd love to see the Flaming Carrot be a character out there. Flaming Carrot and the Mystery Men Return. Uh-huh. Those are incredible choices. I actually just bought a trade paperback of uh, Flaming Carrot and Frankenstein like two or three weeks ago for my friend. So I have to steal it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, um, I think we might only have one more question for you, uh, and then sure. let you. And again, massive thanks Thank and appreciation you. for your time. It's fun geeking out with you. Um, oh, same here, guys. Same here. Seriously, I I think Tim and I are both in awe of like like the circumstance of how you and Pete came to meet and whatnot. And so, my question, as to wrap up, is: What do you think is a neat way for artists and storytellers to link up today? as you and P were fortunate enough to back in the early 80s. Well, you know, that it, it's it's a great story. And, you know, we met completely by accident. It was one of those, I think it was, you know, some kind of real serious fate issue going on there that we, how we met. It was, again, accidental. But I think that um, um, today, yes, one of the sites I really uh, I really love, and I wish I could spend more time on it, um, is DeviantArt. Um, it's, I know there's mm-hmm. a, there's a bunch of other common community sites out there, but DeviantArt seems to be a site that really focuses on, um, you know, this is, you know, some photography and some sculpture and some other things, but most of it seems to be, you know, comic, uh, comic book related, um, story related, fantasy art related. Um, and it's, it's a pretty massive site as far as, um, worldwide, um, people that hang out there and post their most recent work and they all get to, you know, look at each other's work and critique each other's work and, and team up on, on different projects. Um, and so, um, I guess that would be, that, that would be the place I would send people to. I know there's, again, there's a lot of other comic community sites, but that seems to be one of the largest out there, um, uh, to my knowledge, um, and so I think that yeah, I'd I'd tell people to post there and go look around, and it would be a great way to you know if you're you know a much better writer than you are a penciler or a much better anchor than you are a writer or whatever that I think you can find a, a lot of like-minded people that you can connect with, um, and, and that's a it's a, it's fun as well just to look at all the creative stuff they're doing over there. Totally, I was I was bouncing around there actually yesterday, so that's funny that you mentioned it. On there every oh, week. Oh cool. Yeah, love that place. 
Awesome, man. Well, thank you again. Uh, TurtleCom listeners, thank you. And, uh, yeah, dude, um, I don't know. Do you have any other wrap-up thoughts, Tim? Uh, just thank you so much, Kevin, for your uh, your continued openness to, to letting this you know, this backdrop, this immortal backdrop of the turtles uh, just grow and evolve and change and uh, for uh, being willing to meet with us right now. Thank you. Well, well, first, you know, absolutely, definitely, thank you very much. It was great talking with you. And I'm, you know, at heart, I'm, I am and I always will be a, a big, huge geek and, and fan. And I love this stuff. And I love, <laughs> you know, talking about it as much, you know, like, you know, my wife's worst nightmare is, you know, walking around a convention talking to people about stuff because she's like, ah, you know, <laughs> it's like Leonard and Penny, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's like, um, you know- you should make her cosplay as the flaming carrot so that she can wear a mask all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she might do it. She might do it. <laughs> uh, but no, I, hey guys, listen, really, I had a really awesome time chatting with you and, uh, um, uh, you know, appreciate the support all these years and, and to all the fans out there that have just given me the greatest job ever. You know, thank you again and, and, uh, hope to see you out there in the convention circuit and, and come by and say hi. Hell yeah, man. All right. You have a good day, sir. Thanks, guys. You too. Adios. Bye-bye. Adios. <laughs> so, yes, I did not know that about the greatest burger place in um, San Diego. Yeah. The Five Guys apparently is one of the best. But Courtney makes a better burger than anybody. I, I, yeah, I love that thought of putting cheese into the meat before you bake it. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, my brain just, my brain drooled when you described that. Yeah, the funny thing is I've had like cheddar worst before and sausages and stuff, but I never even thought, hey, go cram a bunch of che- cheese right in the center of your meat patty, you know? <laughs> never thought about that one. So hats off to Courtney and Kevin. She's an inventor. Well, that's all we have time for today. Uh, this is, like I said, is just going to be sort of a, a one-off we're throwing into the middle of the mix. But like we said, we were trying new things, and we're uh, this is just the first of hopefully many. Yeah. And if you like us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, if you feel inquired, inclined? Inclined. God damn it. <laughs> give us a shout-out via the email, which is turtlecompodcast okay. at gmail. And feel free to donate at links provided in the near future. Okay, bye. (laughs) I am Ice Cream Kitty. Let's stretch out this with more filler of, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about. That's right. It was like, we could be like, oh, we well, we rely on your donations. Absolutely. I don't, that's not yeah. even true. We're PBS. <laughs> PBS thanks you for supporting TurtleCon. <laughs> not affiliated with PBS. Hi, guys. I'm uh, I'm Diane from PBS, and we heard that you were uh, talking uh, in our in our place. And Lady, then... we pay your salary. <laughs> oh.
okay. Well, I guess that is true. Um, we're a public, we're public service, and um, we just it would it would be uh, just uh, uh, stop pushing me out this door. Uh, that was unfortunate. <laughs> I hope she's all right. I don't care. Okay, great. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Amazing. Yay. I could listen to that for like two hours. <laughs> Uh, that's because I'm going to unplug the fridge and cut all this part out. Good, because what I was saying was butt. Right out your butt. <laughs> <laughs> My butt just hit the microphone. Oh, and then I the microphone. The mic all over. Here, I'll be the uh, sandbag right now. <laughs> uh, are you Union? <laughs> the old sandbag and son of a bee. Hey, he's not Iatsi. We're getting, <laughs> we're gonna get fined. This is bad. <laughs> I actually asked the PA the other day there on set. Uh, I was like, hey, yeah. And she was like, uh, how you doing? Well, she asked me, she was like, uh, good, uh, you need anything? I was just like, no, I'm good. And I tried to I was like, do you need anything? <laughs> just like, uh, no, thanks. <laughs> Don't you feel so useless sometimes? You're like, I'm a human being. I can, like, I can carry be- something. And they're like, no, 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 like, no don't step on toes. Yeah, yeah. We will get fined. Yeah. <laughs> It's so true, though. It's like yeah. the rigmarole is like insane like all the time. Whatever. Okay. Uh, hopping back in. Hopping back in. Fishing <laughs> up that thought.